Welcome to Watershed's August podcast. My name is Mark Cosgrove and I'm the cinema curator here at Watershed. I'm usually joined in these podcasts by Tara Judah, cinema producer. Um, however, Tara is away busily taking an active approach to audience development. I'm pleased to say she's just had a baby. But this month I am joined by Asma Jama. And Asma is one of the young people that are working on Rife magazine. Rife magazine, I hope you've heard of it, is an online publication developing a platform for young people's voices and opinions and thoughts. It's been run out of Watershed and we've been doing it now for a few years. And the way it works is that we take on a cohort of young people, three young people every six months. And then they both write, create content, uh, invite people to create content for Rife magazine. Um, so welcome, Asma. Hello. One of the things that Rife is, has been doing is the publishing yeah. um, side. And there's just there's a new Rife publication that's just come out. Tell us about that. Oh, so the Rife book, it's uh, 21 stories from Britain's youth. And we've got essays from young people all across the UK. And that's been edited by my editor, Sammy Jones, and also Nikesh Shukla. Yeah. So just tell us a bit about what you were doing before Rife magazine and how you got involved in the magazine. So before Rife magazine, um, I'd recently dropped out of uni. So I was just at home painting, putting my art on social media. So I was kind of looking to do some kind of creative job. Yeah. I saw that Nikesh had tweeted it. So Nikesh... Shukla was yeah. the uh, original editor of Rife magazine and yeah. Nikesh is a published author and has published a fantastic collection of essays, The Good Immigrant. Yeah, um, that's what and, I'd and, read. And he's now, he's now gone on to develop that part of his, his career. Nikesh had tweeted the job advertisement and so then I thought I'd give it a shot and apply. Yeah. And then I got the position. And what have you been doing then for Rife magazine? What's Writing articles, lists, reviews, uh, making videos. I've been doing illustrations with my articles as well and uh, doing workshops with children at schools. Oh, we did The Link as well, which is a, a networking event for young creatives in Bristol. What had you been doing in Bristol? Had you been doing your own work or, you know, have you been writing? I don't think I ever wrote, like, journalistically which is what I did for Rife, but yeah. before I was a poet and painter, visual artist. Right. I've written a few novels. I don't think they're any good, but I think that was the first time that I wrote anything. Tell us about your novels. Well, they're all about, um, they're all essentially just me. <laughs> like the characters are all me. I've also written film scripts. They're all kind of coming of age stories, mainly of a Muslim character who goes to university and then and then things happen. So they're just sort of like first drafts and I never really go back to them, but I feel like I probably should. At the moment I'm working on this like thriller, mm. which is about these four boys in a tuition place where they're kind of like pushed to the limit and then they end up having all these um, Illnesses, but their parents can't really, they don't really know what's going on or they don't care what's going on, basically. But that's about um, the... Well, I feel like when you have immigrant parents, they sometimes, they feel the need to, like, fight against the system mm. so much that they, like, can 
I don't know, not inflict damage, but maybe maybe just not take into account the child's well-being as much. Mm. I don't really know why I'm making immigrant parents look so bad, but I feel like they come in with this huge yeah. hard work ethic and then, you know, they struggle to succeed in the system. And it's true, the system is against them, yeah. especially if you're black yeah. and immigrants. I wish my parents are. It's, it's interesting because Blinded by the Light, yeah. the film directed by Garinda Chada, Asian yeah. director, written by Safran Mazur, um, Asian journalist, you know, second generation. And he's, it's autobiographical. He's written about growing up in Luton with his father an immigrant, his parents immigrants. Mm. And that desire to, from that generation to fit in and to be part of the British culture, um, get a job, you know, do do well for yourself, and but to fit in. Whereas the the that generation that's coming through, that was Saffron, Missouri, the children having to deal with the racism, you know, bullying at school, and what Blinded by the Light tell tells the story of is his being him being turned on to literature um, yeah. and writing through Bruce Springsteen, and it was kind of music that that, that got him. But it's it's interesting that shared, unfortunately, immigrant experience. Mm -hmm. um, but it's interesting that you're going for, you're going for genre, you're going for thriller, um, <laughs> rather than, you know, say, um, you know, social, uh, kind of social documentary or yeah. realism. What's, what, where, where does the interest in, in, uh, in thrillers, kind of thrillers and that come from? Well, I just thought, like, things like Get Out and Yorgos, Lanthimos, that guy. I just feel like they're really um, interesting. Well, they're very different, but with Yorgos's work, it's really like silent, creeping sense of dread yeah. that he creates, and I don't know. Is that he, the killing of a sacred deer by chance? Oh, that that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. I love that film so yeah. much. But also in the Lobster as well, you get you get the sense that like something's not right, but um, yeah. you can't really place your finger on it, and I feel like. I'm not sure if it's a genre film, but I feel like that's what that's what thriller should be. And even in like um, Get Out as well, you get the sense that something's not right. And 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 what ends up happening is not horrifying to like horror levels, but yeah. I don't know. It's that sense of foreboding. And it's that also they in shots and particularly with Get Out that you you can watch it as a as a um, really entertaining thriller. It's a real ride of a film, but there's mm. definitely a social commentary going on there yeah. about race in America in yeah. particular. And, and I've often thought, particularly with you know, the films coming out of America, like um, Get Out and, and Us, is where, where's the sort of British equivalent of British those film? kinds of films? With black horror, black thriller. Mm, I don't know. It's really, I think it's really difficult to... Well, this is what I've heard. It's really difficult for even black actors to break out here. Mm. Because um, Britain's so obsessed with um, making money from period dramas. Um, well, of course, film out, film out um, at the moment is down to uh, a film of Downton Abbey. Really? Yeah. Well, that's it's, um, you know, obviously the hugely successful TV series, um, yeah. uh, and it's been made into it's been made into a feature film, and it, and it does speak to that desire for the kind of heritage. Yeah. Um, and in a way, how things used to be. Every, every, there was a structure yeah. and there was an order. Um, but it's really bizarre because it's like, I feel like they should do what, you know, Armando Iannucci yeah. is making the new film. 
Mm. And he's cast Dev Patel as the lead. I don't really understand why they can't cast people of colour. If they are so insistent on making uh, period dramas, mm. why they can't cast period people yeah. of colour in, in more roles than, yeah. you know, servant or slave, if it happens to yeah. be set back that part? Well, well Yorgos Lanthimos, his last film, um, The Favourite, yeah. you, you could see that there was a kind of subversion of the shall we call it the stately home mm. genre if that mm. if that is such a if that is such a thing and your interest in film uh, is also leading to we, we were up together actually last month at the british film institute talking to them about a season that they've got coming up at the end of the the year on musicals mm -hmm. and we had a meeting with rife magazine um, beforehand about what kind of approach to musicals that we might want to present here at Watershed. And, um, you, you were taking quite an interesting view, I thought, Asma. What, what was your thinking about musicals? What was your interest in musicals? Because when people, you mentioned the word musicals, people think that's entertainment, singing, dancing. Yeah, so we thought that um, it could also be a reflection of like politics and social commentary, which is what we found more interesting mm. than like, I suppose, I mean, even tra in traditional musicals, I'm sure they were making some kind of statement, but we really wanted to like expand what musicals meant in the British sense and, and either have different people's voices represented. I feel like the representation would be like inherently political or, um, you know, look at international musicals and stuff that's like usually ignored. Because mm. again, oh, you think about musicals entertaining, song and dance, Yeah. American. Yeah. But of course there's a huge tradition in India, for example. So that the musicals will be something that's coming up at the end of the year um, and that we'll be doing so, so watch this space and certainly watch um, the space of Rife magazine um, where there's lots going on and the book is available to buy, which you can buy online at rifemagazine.co.uk or if you're near Watershed, you could get at our box office. So thank you very much. Thank you. Asma for um, talking to us um, and I look forward to reading your novel um, and watching the film of one of your scripts. When it eventually comes out, sure. When they come out, yes. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So just some headlines then of films that are coming up. I mentioned in conversation with Asma there, Blinded by the Light. That is Grinda Chada, as I mentioned, um, directed Safran Mazur's autobiography about his awakening, creative awakening, through the music of Bruce Springsteen. It's it's a really entertaining film, but fits into that whole thing that's happening at the moment with music. You, you, Bohemian Rhapsody, Rocket Man, Yesterday, and now Bruce Springsteen. Uh, but I think what Gurinder does with Blended by the Light is, is bring in, actually, the multicultural element, which has been missing from a lot of those films. And it's a really kind of personal political story uh, and recreates that kind of atmosphere of Britain, sort of late, late 70s. A film that you'll not be seeing at uh, Watershed when it gets released is Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I've written a piece uh, which will be on watershed.co.uk for you to have a longer uh, read at your leisure. But my argument fundamentally is, is that Quentin Tarantino does not need Watershed any, any longer. He did. Uh, need independent cinemas back in the day, but his films no longer need us. They're on everywhere. His film will be on everywhere. Uh, you'll be able to see it. Nobody will be stopping you from seeing it. 
Um, there are a whole bunch of other films, like Carlos Regados' film, wonderful Mexican film, another Mexican film, The Chambermaid, and we'll be screening those and providing space and platform for people that may go on to be the next Quentin Tarantino. I wouldn't wish that on anybody, but um, you see what I'm saying, that these are talented filmmakers that deserve to have their work on the screen. And one of those films is a local produced film, Bait, Mark Jenkins, who's based in Cornwall, who wonderfully makes films in a very analogue way. He shoots on 16 mil. He actually processes the films himself, but I think with Bait, which is a feature length, he might have got a bit of support from Kodak. I don't know, but I love the story that he, he does um, process, gets into that kind of detail of processing the film himself, shooting on a Bolex. Uh, and his films look quite extraordinary. Sometimes they feel as though they've come from the silent era. Uh, and he tells a story of what's happening in Cornwall uh, with incomers, second homes, the end of the, the t decline of traditional industries like fishing. Um, but there's a lot of humour in there and is very, very distinctive um, filmmaking. And I was really thrilled to be kind of close to the journey of this film. Um, as I say, it was produced by two... Um, Kate and Lynn, two Bristol-based producers, and it premiered at the Berlin Film Festival earlier this year, and it got five-star reviews. Since then, it has been going all around the world at film festivals, um, winning awards, getting really positive acclaim, uh, and I'm so thrilled that we're going to be screening it at Watershed and opening it, but also we'll have a Q&A uh, with Mark talking about the film, and I really hope, and it deserves to be seen by as many people as possible. A couple of other things this month, Pedro Almodovar is back on absolute form with his new film, Pain and Glory. When I watched this film in Cannes, I just didn't want it to end. Uh, it was one of those films I just was so wrapped up, so immersed, I just wanted to stay in the film for an eternity. Uh, it's such a um, fantastic piece of work, very personal story. It seems um, they, they, I gather the set, um, the flat that the film is set in is a recreation of Almodovar's own flat. Very personal autobiographical story, absolutely wonderful. Antonio Banderas is brilliant in this film. And finally, uh, our, our Sunday brunch season is dedicated to that uh, wonderful filmmaking, uh, French filmmaking spirit that is Eric Roma. Um, and we'll be showing uh, four of his fantastic observations of humanity. And once again, um, supported by our very good friends at Mubi. That's it for this month.